הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים של דורנו, כל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני הפרת קדוש שבארץ המה. ובפרט לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחל נובע מכוח חוכמה רבנו נחל נפגה. נא אנחנו נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותם תגן עלינו לכל ישראל אמן. בעזרת השם. Today we're going to finish Torah Sam Adalid. Start and finish it. It's very big. So we're going to hop right into it. Torah Sam Adalid. And the day of Moshe Bol Paro, because I was in the middle of the day, and the day of the day, and the day of the day, and the day of the day, come to Paro, and I will harden his heart and the hearts of his servants, so that I should set my signs, um, these signs in their midst. And so that you shall tell in the ears of your children and your, ga- your, children and your ga- grandchildren that which I have made a mockery of the Egyptians and the signs that I have placed among them and they shall know that I am God. And it says over there, Behold, I will bring tomorrow locusts in your borders. Okay. Hashem Itbach, because of his compassion, his mercy, he created the world. For he wanted to reveal his mercy, his compassion. If God did not create the world, how would God show and reveal his compassion to? Who would he reveal his compassion to? This is why God created all the creation. From the beginning and of the inception of the world of Atsilut until literally the center point of this physical and corporeal world in order to show us His compassion. And when God wanted to create the world, there was no place for creation because God was occupying all space. And God is infinite, which means how can you create something? finite in something that is in God himself who is infinite if he occupies all space this is why God contracted his light to the side to the sides and through this contraction um, he created a vacated, spa- vacated space and within this vacated space this empty space rid as if to say from God uh, from God's light um then all the days, all the traits came into existence. And this is the creation of the world. This is brought in Etzchayim at the beginning. This is the way the Ari, the, the Ari HaKadosh describes how God created the world. This vacated space was necessary to the creation of the world. Because without this vacated space, it would be impossible um, there would be no place for the creation of the world, as we said above. Um, and this contraction that resulted in the formation of of this it's impossible to understand this. To understand and to attain this vacated space except in the world to come. Because we need to say about it two contradictory things. Yes, va'ayin. Existence, va'ayin, and non-existence. Because this vacated space came about through this contraction. That God, as if to say, contracted His godliness from that place. And in the vacated space, it's as if to say that there's no godliness there. 
because were it not so, Enopanu, it would not be vacated. If God was there, then it's not called the vacated space anymore. And everything would be godliness, and then there's no place for creation at all. But the, the truth of all truths is this, Rabbeinu says. It's certain that even over there in the vacated space, there's godliness there. Because it's certain that there's nothing that exists without God's life force. And this is why it's impossible to understand or to attain this concept of the Khalal Panui except in the time to come, in the future. Because why? On the surface level, how could God create something unless He was rid from there? Because if God is vague, if God is. is um, Occupying all space and he can't create anything. Uh, so what are we saying? That the Khalal Panui is this concept of vacated from God, that it's vacated from godliness or else he couldn't create. But at the same time, we know that nothing can exist without God's life force. So it's also present there. So there's this contradictory thing that's happening here that we cannot understand. The Rabbanu says, don't try to understand it. This is something that we will only understand later in the world to come. In the future. Just as there's two types of just as there's these two contradictory things with regard to the vacated space, Rabbeinu said there's two types of heresy. Yes, because there's heresy which stems from secular wisdoms. And know what to answer to the epikoros. This is the first type of heresy. For this heresy has an answer. As we saw in the lesson previous. Um, we saw in this, um, in lesson, I believe, 62, this concept. That, there, that there's an answer that you can respond to the, this sort of heresy. So this is the first type of heresy, that there's an answer to it. For this heresy stems from foreign wisdoms. Which comes from the excess. Which is, what's the excess? Where does excess stem from? The concept of the broken vessels. Because from the broken vessels, the breaking of the vessels at the beginning of creation, because there was too much light, the vessels got destroyed. As the Ari brings down, this is brought down at Chaim at the beginning. And uh, because of this multitude of light, there was too much light that the vessels had been destroyed. This is where the Klipot, um, what do you call it, came into existence from the excess of light. And these foreign wisdoms come from there, from the breaking of the vessels, from the extraneous elements of the um, the dross of holiness from the from the scraps of holiness, the excess of the scraps of holiness. This is where the klipot come from. Just like by a person, a human being, he also has sort sort of excesses, excess excess things, and waste products. As we see, the nails, the se'ah, the hair, the ze'ah, the sweat. And the excess of this psolet and other psolet and motorot, other um, um, psolet, um, for example, um, like scraps and excess. Same is true of foreign wisdom, which comes from excess and extraneous places and the known dross of holiness, the psolet of holiness. And also, we also know that this concept of black magic, kishuf, these people that can do this sort of magic from the side of non-holiness, comes from the excess of holiness. 
This is why one who falls into this sort of heresy, although it's necessary that one needs to escape from that place, Nonetheless, even the person who falls into there is able to exit. Rabbanu says that even though it's important to flee from there, nonetheless, the person who falls there can be saved because he's able to find Hashem there if he's able to seek out and to search for Hashem there. Because by the fact that this... Um, this heresy stems from the foreign wisdom which stems from the breaking of the vessels. And from the breaking of the vessels, we know that the breaking of the vessels was what caused the klipot. So the klipot's, act, the klipot's existence actually only stems from the, um, from the um, scraps of holiness. Then it's certain that within that place, there are sparks of holiness and certain letters that have been broken and fallen there. So a person can actually revive himself through those letters if he searches and seeks hard enough. This is why a person is able to find the godliness and the intellect to answer the questions of this heresy that he has that come from that foreign wisdom. He's able to answer them from that godliness that is present within that place. Why? For those foreign wisdoms come from the excess, from that broken vessel, from the broken vessels. Because within that place there is the life force of God. Meaning the intellect and the letters that have been broken and fallen there. This is why this heresy has an answer to it. If a person searches, he can find Hashem there. And upon this type of heresy it says know what to answer to the epikoros because there's an answer to it but there's, an, there's another type of heresy we know that this heresy stems from wisdoms which are not wisdoms at all they're pseudo wisdoms but because of the fact that they're very deep and people can't understand them so on the surface level, it seems as if they are wise. But Be'emet, they aren't. They are not wisdoms at all. For example, a parable. For example, a person wants to give a sort of logical... Sorry, a logical argument, but it's false. Whether it's in Gemara, in Rashi, and Tosfot. And because the person who is um, listening to this logical argument being made, is not a, a true um, lamdana, is not a true scholar. He can't answer the question. So to this person who is not a scholar, it seems as if this logical argument being made is a great wisdom. But the truth is, it's not a, a valid argument at all. The same is true of how many conundrums and questions that exist with those people who are philosophers. That the truth is they actually have no basis in wisdom at all. And the question in itself is nullified from the beginning. In its root, it's not even a question at all. But because it's not in the person's human capability, it's not in his uh, mental capacity to answer them. 
It seems to him as if it's a great wisdom and a great question, but the truth is it's not at all. The truth is it's impossible to answer these questions. For these questions of epikosut stem from the vacated space. That within that vacated space, as it is to say, there is no godliness there. So Rabenu says, this is why um, these questions which stem from this it's impossible to answer them, to give any answer to them. Because what does it mean to give an answer to them? To find Hashem within them. It's impossible to find Hashem within these questions. Because if he did find Hashem within these questions, then the vacated space is not vacated at all. Actually, everything would be considered godliness. Everything would be infinite. So if a person tried to answer this, then the, by the fact that you answer it, it means that you have found Hashem there. But if you find Hashem within the vacated space, it's no longer vacated. So the, the paradox then... Um, gets nullified and then the vacated space is no longer vacated um, this is something that can't happen there must be this contra- contradiction that still occurs as long as we're still here so Abenu teaches us that um, this is why there's no answer to those sort of questions to that type of heresy which is actually not a wisdom at all etc. This is why it says upon this sort of heresy, anyone who goes down into it never returns. Because there is no answer to this sort of heresy. Because why? It comes from this that from this God um, contracted His godliness as if to say. So because God contracted His godliness over there his life, uh, his um, his infiniteness from over there, we cannot answer it. Because if we answer it, then we show that there is God in, within that vacated space, and then everything would be nullified, the free will, everything would be constantly, would be completely um, destroyed. Rabbanu teaches us something beyond awesome here. It's only Am Yisrael through emuna, through faith, that we're able to pass over all these wisdoms. Even over this heresy which stems from this this vacated space. Because Am Yisrael believes in Hashem without any analysis, without any wisdom. Only with complete faith. Because Hashem fills all the world and He surrounds all the world. As brought in the Raya Memna, Parashat Pinchas. We find that Hashem is basically as if to say He's within all the world and He surrounds everything. And there, but there needs to be a separation, as if to say, from the filling of the world and the surrounding and the encircling, encircling of the world. That if not, if there was no difference between the filling and the surrounding, then everything would be one. But through the Chalapanu, the vacated space, through which God contracted His godliness, within this vacated space, God created all the world. We find that Chalapanu is actually what surrounds all the worlds. And God, 
who surrounds all the world is also surrounding the vacated space. So the vacated space surrounds all the world and surrounding the vacated space is Hashem Himself. This is why it's fitting to say about God that He surrounds, or sorry, that He fills all the world. Meaning what? That God fills all of creation which was created within the vacated space. And he also surrounds, he also surrounds all the world, meaning that God surrounds also all the vacated space, and he acts as a separation in between the vacated space. Since Hashem, so to speak, contracted his godliness from there. But behold, through faith, that we believe that Hashem fills all the worlds and He surrounds all the worlds. By the fact that He surrounds all the worlds, if that's the case that He surrounds all the worlds, then it's true that also the vacated space itself was created from God's wisdom. And it's certain that the truth of all truth is that within the vacated space, God is existing over there. It's just that we're not able to understand this concept and we're not able to find Hashem within the vacated space. But we know that he, He's there. This is why we surpass all the foreign wisdoms, all the questions, all the heresy which stem from this because we know that it's certain it's impossible to find an answer to this sort of heresy. Um, because if we were to find an answer to this sort of que- to this sort of questions which stem from this vacated space. That means we would find Hashem within the vacated space. And if then, if that's the case, if we find Hashem within the vacated space, then it's no longer vacated. And it would not, and it would not be possible to create the world because if God occupied everything at the beginning of creation, then how could He create it? We know that He had to vacate Himself. But the truth is that we know, Amisla knows, that the truth of all truths, the truth which stands above all the other truths is that Yes, there is an answer. And the truth is that certainly God's God, godliness exists within that place. It just says there's this paradox, paradox existing. But through this philosophical and uh, through this philosophy, through this philosophy, we are sunken and we are trapped within this vacated space. This concept of these questions, sorry. Because it's impossible to find Hashem there. Because of the fact that it's a it's a vacated space. It means by default that if it's vacated, God is not there. It's just that it's necessary to believe if we are truly a Jewish person. We have to believe it's within our nature to believe that Hashem Yitbach surrounds also this vacated space and it's certain that the truth is that He's also within that place. This is why Israel are called Ivriim, the Hebrews. Why? Because Ivriim comes with Ovrim to pass over. That with our Emunah we pass over all the wisdom. Even over all the wisdom which are not wisdoms at all. These pseudo wisdom, these wisdom which stem from the Meaning this atheism which stems. These heresies which stem. 
from this vacated space as we saw above. This is why Hashem is called the God of the Hebrews, and it's in Shemot chapter 3. From the language of what? Why the Hebrews, Ivrim, Everanar, I'll tell you Yoshua. Beyond the river, Leshon Tzadin. What is Ever in that language? In that uh, over and over there. Look at Rashi in Bereshit, chapter thirty-nine, on the verse Ish Ivri over there. This concept Ever Anar. But Leshon Tzadin, the Ever is actually an expression of Tzadin to the sides. Hanu Meaning that godliness, that his godliness, that Hashem's godliness surrounds also the vacated space. Beyond the river. What's ever? It's to the sides. Meaning that Hashem is surrounding to the sides this vacated space. And this vacated space we know came through contraction. That God contracted his light to the sides. Meaning, Israel are called Hebrews. Why? For through our faith we are able to believe that Hashem is the God of the Hebrews. Meaning what? What does it mean that God is the God of the Hebrews? Meaning that Hashem, meaning that we pass over all the wisdoms, even those wisdoms which are not wisdoms, and that Hashem basically is um, passed, and that He fills all this um, um, and through this we're able to pass over even the second sort of heresy. Then it's certain, therefore, that through the second heresy, it's certain that we need to be very careful, even more careful, to flee, to run away from this place and not to analyze and to stare in their words at all, the words of this heresy. Because it's certain that God forbid he will sink into there, he will be trapped there. Because it says in the verse, all those who come to it, they will not, do not return. This is those who fall into a heresy which stems from the Chalal Panui. Arda, however, no. If there's a great Sadiq who's in the aspect of Moshe Rabbeinu, he needs specifically, he himself specifically needs to analyze within the words of this sort of heresy, this second heresy. Even though it's impossible to answer them, nonetheless, just by the tzaddiks analyzing and engaging within this place, He's able to elevate all those souls have, that have fallen and has been trapped within this Because those those conundrums, those paradoxes of questions that stem from this heresy, which stems from this this these these uh, conundrums stem from the concept of silence. Because why is it silent? Because there's no intellect or letters that can answer this question. For creation stems from speech. With the word of Hashem, He created the heavens, and with the spirit of His mouth, um, their entire host. So we see that Hashem's word through speech. He created everything. Within speech exists wisdom. For the 
for that which encompasses speech is only the five articulators of the, of the mouth. How through each letter you pronounce a different way using different parts of the mouth. Some with the tongue, some with the, the teeth, um, the lips, etc. And through these five articulators of speech, all of um, everything of all of creation was created. Basically, everything was created. It says, and Tehidim, you created everything with wisdom. So with the, everything was created with Chokhmah. And what's Chokhmah? This concept of speech, which has these five articulators. Speech is the, the boundary, the limit of all matter. For God, He limited that wisdom within all the letters. He, he took that wisdom and He contracted within all the letters. That these letters are... Uh, Demarcation of this thing, and these letters are a boundary for this sort of thing. Which surrounds all the world, as we saw above. is vacated of everything, as we saw above. And that we have to say that within the there's no such thing as speech there. And even the sech, and not even an intellect without letters. Meaning this concept of the vacated space is literally vacated from everything, not even speech, not even wisdom, not the letters, etc. This is why the paradoxes that come from this place are the aspect of silence, for nothing exists there, not speech, which possesses this wisdom, etc. As we see with regard to Moshe Rabbeinu in Ma'amenachot, this is the Torah and this is the reward. A person who studies the Torah, a person like Rabbi Akiva, that's his reward to die by getting his skin peeled off with hot metal, metal combs. To die a terrible death like this. And Hashem responded to him. He responded to Moshe, Be quiet, this is the way it arose in my thought. That meaning, what was Hashem telling Moshe? That you need to be quiet and not to question. Um, sorry. Not to bring a, an answer over this question. For this is the way it arose in my thoughts. Which is above speech. This is why you need to be quiet over a sort of a question like this. Because... This question stems in the place from Allah arose in thought. That there's no speech to respond to this. Meaning what? It stems from the Chalapanui. Meaning what? The same is true of these questions and these paradoxes which stem from the Chalapanui. Meaning the same thing about this concept of Rabbi Akiva. It's the same idea here. That we cannot answer it because this this question itself itself stems from a place where there's only thought, there's no speech. There's no speech to respond to this. So we see with these paradoxes and these questions which stem from the Chalal Panui, that there's no speech, there's no intellect to respond. This is why these paradoxes are in the aspect of All one needs to do is to believe and to be silent over there. This is why it's forbidden to enter and to analyze the words of these sort of heresies and these conundrums. 
except by means of the great, except the great tzaddik, who's the Yafet of Moshe. Ki Moshe for Moshe represents silence. For the fact that Moshe was called heavy-lipped. Couldn't speak properly. Why from Moshe was this concept of silence who stems from above speech? And this is why Moshe Rabbeinu, the tzaddik, he's the aspect of silence. He is able to analyze the words of these conundrums. For these conundrums stem from silence. And it's only Moshe who's able to analyze them in order to elevate those souls that have fallen within that place. For Machloket, strife, argument, is the concept of the creation of the world. For the essential creation of the world that we saw in the beginning came through the vacated space. And we saw that um, without the vacated space, everything would have been infinite. It would have been God's infiniteness. And there would be no place to create the world as we saw above. And this is why God contracted His light to the side and He created this vacated space. And within the vacated space, He created all of creation, which are all the days, the traits. And through speech, as we know, that God created within the vacated space all the world, and he created all the world through speech, as we saw above. That with the mouth of Hashem, with the word of Hashem, he created the heavens. This is the concept of machlok, it's strife. For if all the Talmudic scholars, all the sages were one, there would be no place for the creation of the world. It's only through the strife that exists among them, the arguments that exist among them, that they're divided one from another. Then each and every person draws himself to one side, one opinion. Through them, through the Tamil Chachamim, they create a vacated space, which is the concept of contracting light to the side. That through contracting the light of the sides to the sides, the creation of the world occurred um, through speech. That through all the words which each of every one of these Tamid Chachamim that they speak, all of the words that they speak is all for the creation of the world. It's only in order to create the world. Um, that through their argument that they create a between them. For the Tamid Chachamim, they create everything through their words. I've declared to Tzion, Amiata, you are my nation. And what did it say in the Zohar HaKadosh? Al-Tikrami, do not read my nation. Ela'imi, rather with me. I've declared to Tzion, rather you are with me. Not you are my nation, you are with me. Ma'anav di shemayi Just as I make the heaven and the earth with my word. This is Hashem speaking. Afatem, so to you, Am Yisrael, tamde chachamim. Ken, afatem ken, so to it's just as true by you that with your words, the Tamid with the words of the Tamid Chachamim, they are able to create the heavens and the earth. But the Tamid Chachamim have to be careful not to speak too much. Only enough in order for the need of the creation of the world. Not more. But because through too much light, through too much speech of the Tamid Chachamim, 
which is what's the concept of too much light? When the vessels were not able to endure the amount of light that Hashem placed in them, they were broken. Through the breaking of the vessels, the the evil forces arose and it came into existence through the excess light of that vessel which shattered. Of those vessels which shattered. For if one Tamit Chacham speaks too much, with this, he causes too much Klipot. For it is too much light. Because through too much light, the breaking of the vessels occurred. And through this, the, ves- the Klipot were formed. It's an awesome idea here that the Chachamim are able to create the world through, through their words. And they're able to create the Chalal Panu between them through their arguments. But if they speak too much, then they cause Shbirat Mishnah, And this is an explanation of the Mishnah. All my days I grew up between the sages. And I did not find anything better than, to the body than silence. Silence was the best thing I found for the body. And study is not the, the main thing. Rather action is. And anyone who speaks too many things, he brings sin. So, okay, let's pick it out. So now Rabbanu is going to take each and every phrase of this phrase from each and every phrase from this section of Pirkeavot and explain it. All my days I grew up between the sages, between the sages, meaning what stands between the sages, the Chalal Panui. That between the sages exists this. Um, this, um, what do you call it? This Chalal Apanui, this vacated space that was created among them through their separation among their Machloket. Meaning the fact that they have opinions, they put themselves to one side and the other one puts themselves to another side. And with that, they create a vacated space in the middle. This is why it says Ben Chachamim, specifically between Chachamim Daikas. As it says, meaning that there's a separation and a strife between them. For if they were all one, and Shaykh Lomar Ben Chachamim. It would not be fitting to say Ben HaChachamim between the sages. It would be, it wouldn't say between. And through their machloket, they create the concept of the Chalal Panui. And through their Chalal Panui, they're able to create the creation of the world, meaning what? Yamim and Midot, the time and the space. This is why it says in the, in Avot, all my days I grew up. Meaning that I would raise, I would megadel, grow the yamai, my days, and my straits, meaning my time and my space, which is the concept of the creation of the world. Between the sages, what does that mean? Between the sages specifically, meaning between the vacated space, for within the vacated space, all of creation was created there. Meaning what? What's Yamai Omidotai? This is the creation of the world. That Hashem created the creation of the world through these two concepts, Yamai, space and time. Midot, uh, sorry, that Midotai, which is the concept of space, and Yamim, time. That God created the creation of the world within the Ben HaChachamim, within the vacated space. Which is the concept of Ben HaChachamim, between the sages. And we know that HaChachamim created a vacated space between them. Vezeh Gadati, and this is why it says Gadati. I... I I was raised. That I raised my my days and my traits, my time and my space from katnut, from constricted intellect, from constriction, they got to expansion. This is why they are called my days. For they 
For the time is his. For he is creating the world, as we say, as we see. It's as if he is creating the world, as we see with this concept of Ben Achachamim, etc. This is why it says, and I did not find anything better to the, to the body than silence. Because there, within the vacated space, it's, there's nothing better than silence within the vacated space because it's forbidden to enter there except one who is in the concept of silence. The aspect of Moshe who represents the concept of the heavy lift, who is silent, who is above thought, sorry, who is above speech. This is what it says. All my days I grew up between the sages and I did not find anything, etc. etc. Because through the fact that he held himself to the level of the concept of silence, as we see in the Pirkei Avot, that nothing was better than silence, he said. Through this, he was able to grow and to expand his days and his traits, his time and space. For it's forbidden to enter that place except one who is in the content of silence. This is why it says in the Pirkei Avot, that study is not the main thing, but action is, and anyone who speaks too much brings sin. For all their their studies and their words that all these chachamim are speaking that these sages are saying the main thing is not the study itself but rather the action that through their arguments and through their logic they are able to create through their words the world which is the action the concept of the acting action not, it's not that their words are the most important thing. It's that what they create through their words, which is the world. We saw in the Zohar, don't read it with me. Don't read it my nation, rather with me. Meaning just as I create the world with my words, so do they do. But whoever speaks too much brings sin because from the too much life, as we see, um, the clip are created, as we saw above. And know through the melody of the tzaddik, who's the aspect of Moshe, who he's able to elevate these souls that have fallen into this heresy of this chalal apanui. He's able to elevate them. Because know that every single wisdom within the world has a certain melody that is unique to it. That this melody, this song, is particular to that wisdom. And from this zemel, from this song, this wisdom is derived. And this is why it says, Sing an intelligent song. Meaning every sechel, every maskil, what's maskil sechel? Every intellect, every wisdom has a certain nigun, a certain melody, a certain song. And even the wisdom of heresy has a melody that is applicable to that wisdom. What was Acher's shortcoming? Why did Acher, Elisha ben Avuya, fail? A Greek song never failed to cease from his mouth. Many books of heresy would fall from his bosom. He would be holding these books. For this is dependent upon this. Why did Gemara say this concept of song, Greek song, and books of heresy? 
for they're dependent on one another. That through that song which would not stop from through this, the books of heresy would fall from him. For that song he was singing was unique to that epical suit and that heresy that he had fallen into. That every wisdom, every single wisdom according to its level, according to its aspect, it has a melody and a song that is applicable to it. And the same is true from level to level. Because every wisdom that is on a higher level has a melody that is more supernal than the level before it. So according to the, how high that wisdom is, the melody is going to be that high. And the same is true up above and above. Until literally the first point of creation, which is the beginning of Atzilut, the world of Atzilut. And there's nothing above this. And there's no, nothing surrounding this world, this place. There's nothing surrounding this wisdom. I'm sorry, there's nothing surrounding the wisdom that exists there, except by means of the light of God's infiniteness, which surrounds this vacated space. That within this place, all creation existed and all wisdom was brought. And it's certain that also there, there is this concept of wisdom. It's just that the wisdom that exists within the light of the infinite one, the light of Hashem Himself, it's impossible to know or understand this. The infinite one is God Himself. And you cannot understand God's wisdom. The only thing that exists within God Himself is the concept of faith. That we believe in Hashem. That the light of Hashem's infiniteness surrounds all the worlds and encircles everything. And Emuna also has a melody and a song that is specific to Emuna. And we see that even the false face of the Goyim with their false words, they also have a faith, and they, um, meaning that they also have a melody that is specific to their faith. That they sing and perform within their houses of worship. The same is true of holiness. Every faith has a melody and a song. And this song and um, this song, which is particular to that faith which we mentioned above, which faith? The faith which is extremely supernal, supernal and higher than all the other wisdoms and all the other faiths in the world. Meaning faith within the light of Hashem Himself, which surrounds all the world. This song, which is particularly that faith within Hashem Himself, stands above all the other melodies and all the other songs in the world. Stands above all the songs which are applicable to each and every wisdom. All songs and melodies of this of all the other wisdoms in the world are drawn and are rooted within this song and this melody which stands above all the songs and melodies of all the wisdom because this is the song which is attached to that emunah within 
God's infiniteness himself who is above everything else and in the time to come that when all the nations when their languages will turn into pure speech so that they should all call out in the name of God because we said all this is dependent upon the content of Dibu speech and everyone will believe in Hashem then the verse will be fulfilled in come and sing from the mountains of Amana from the mountains of Amana specifically meaning what's Rosh Rosh is the highest one the head and Amana is the word Emuna, meaning this supernal Emuna. We're going to sing from this supernal Emuna because everyone's going to nullify their false face. They're all going to come to Emuna and Hashem. And what's this Emuna and Hashem? Which song is particular to this Emuna? This song which stands above all the other songs. So we're going to sing this song which is the Rosh of Emuna, the head of Emuna, meaning Emuna and Hashem Rosh lechol Emunot kanan. For this Emuna stands above all the other face. This is why it says Tashuri, sing. Meaning this song and melody which is applicable to that faith. And this song of this emuna, supernal emuna, no one merits this song except for the tzaddik of the generation who's the aspect of Moshe Rabbeinu who stand at the level of this faith, who stand at the level of faith of this concept of silence. We saw that Hashem told Moshe, be silent, this is the way it arose in my thought. Meaning what? This melody, this emunah stands above speech, for Moshe stands above silence. And this is why it says in Shemot, then Moshe will sing. It says in the verse, Yashir, he will sing. It didn't say Shah. It didn't say he did sing. He will sing. From this we see that the resurrection of the dead is proved in the Torah. That Moshe in the future will also sing. Meaning that Moshe will be resurrected, etc. So we see the proof of here. Because all songs, whether it's from this world or the next, is only by Moshe Rabbeinu, only exists by Moshe, who's the content of Shtika, silence. That Moshe merited this song, which is applicable to the faith which stands above every other faith. That within this place, all the other songs are encompassed within this. For all songs are drawn from this song. This is why Rashi explained. Why did it say over there? Rashi brings down Yud. Why did it say Why did they have the Yud at the beginning of Shir? Yashir. The Yud is a reference or a connotes to Machshava thought. Meaning. The concept of this is the way it arose in thought. This is the concept of Moshe Rabbeinu. This is why I said Moshe will sing. The concept of Yud. Why for Yud represents Machshava. And Moshe merited this place of Machshava. Standing up in the concept of silence. For Moshe merited this concept of silence. This is why through the nigun of this tzaddik who is the aspect of Moshe, when he does this song, 
all those nishamot that have fallen within this sort of heresy of this vacated space, he's able to elevate them and bring them out from this. For his melody is in the concept of Rosh Emunah, the head of our faith. Meaning he, this melody stands from the Emunah, which stands above everything else. That through his melody and his song, he's able to nullify all the heresies. And he's able to encompass and nullify all the melodies within his melody, which stands above everything. That from this melody stems all the other negunim. And this is something that we can see in the words of Rabenu in Chayim Oran. If you go to Chayim Oran, Rabenu says over there that he has a song and a melody that he knows that will be the future um, reward of all the righteous tzaddikim in the world to come. That he knows a melody that he will sing. That will be the, that the melody that he will sing will be the the world to come. This the world to come of all the righteous tzaddikim and all the chasidim. We can imagine what we're talking about here. The Rabban was talking about a nigun which comes from loftiness. We can't even imagine. The Rabban said about himself that he was this concept of Moshe Rabbeinu, that he too merited this. In fact, at the highest level, that all the other tzaddikim and chasidim, their world to come will be from his nigun. If we can imagine such a thing. And this is what it says. This is what it says. In the Parashat Boaz, we saw at the beginning of the Torah, Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, come to Paro, for I have hardened his heart, etc., etc. Paro, when it says Paro, he represents a vacated space. For Paro, comes from the expression or language of bitul, nullification. It's concept of nothingness, from the language of tafriyot ha'am, stop the nation. Tafriyo, to stop something. Tafriyo means the concept of bitul, to nullify something. And we also, so paro is this concept of halal, this concept where nothing, that there's nothing there. This bitul, this nullification, that God nullified his light, he put his light to the side and made nothing there. It's a concept of tafriyo, I'm from the word paro. Paro also is from the language of hitgalut, revelation. Meaning the concept of the Chalal Panui also, which is nullified and rid of everything else. And within it actually you reve- is revealed all of creation. So we see Paro is also the concept of revelation. For within Paro, which is the concept of the Chalal Panui, you also have revealed all the other worlds. All the, revo- the world are created within the Chalal Panui. And within the Chalal Panui, there's concept of Kvedut Lev. A hardened heart. For it's impossible to understand this And all the wisdom which stems from this exists within this wisdom, this heavy heart. The hardened heart. Meaning that all the wisdom which stems from this there's a question on Hashem and it's impossible to find Hashem there. To answer this question, for the fact that God Himself vacated His own godliness from that place, in order that He should enable creation to exist. So we see within this place is a vacated, a, a hardened heart, meaning a heart which, with meaning these questions which don't have an answer. It's very hard. It's it's only a question. This is why Hashem told Moshe, Moshe, come. Why Moshe? That Moshe specifically will go to Paro. That Moshe himself will go to the Chalapanui. For no one is 
allowed to enter the Chalat Panu except for Moshe. For it's impossible to find Hashem Yidbach there. And this is why it says in the verse, Hashem told Moshe, for I have hardened his heart in the heart of his servants. What are servants? This references all the introductions to all wisdoms. A servant is the reference to the introduction to a wisdom. For every wisdom has an introduction. For why these introductions are like servants. They serve that wisdom. Meaning what? That all the wisdoms and all the introductions come from there. And within the vacated space, all those wisdoms possess a hard-heartedness. A hard, hard, uh, because one is left with questions and no answers. So it's hard. And this is why it's in the verse, so that I should place my signs, uh, these signs amongst uh, within their midst. Meaning the fact that they have hardened their hearts. That it's impossible to find Hashem within that vacated space, which is the concept of a hard heart. This is an only in order to place my signs, Hashem is saying. In order that I'm able to place within the midst of this vacated space the letters of creation. Meaning in order that the creation is able to exist from within the Chalala Panui. That basically God is contracting and ridding his godliness from within that place in order that he's able to create the world. Because if he did not contract his light, he would not be able to create the world. So everything God is doing, that the reason why he's hardening the heart, the reason why he's creating the vacated space, is only in order so that he should create the world. This is why it says, so that you should tell your son, your, your grandson, etc. Because there, within the creation, which was created from the Chalapanui, not within the Chalapanui itself, because within the Chalapanui, there's no speech. But within the creation, which stems from the Chalapanui, there you're able to tell and to speak. Because over there exist letters and words. That through the words and the letters, the creation existed. The creation cannot incur without words and letters. This is why it says, so that you should tell in the ears of your sons and your grandsons. For a while, did we say at the beginning, the first line of this Torah, for the essence of why God created the world was in order to, was in order to reveal His compassion. And the creation was through speech. We find that within every single thing that God created from this Chalala Panui, meaning every single thing that was created in general, there is the contraction of God's mercy. For Hashem contracted His compassion and created this thing with this shape and this form, whatever thing it is, according to His compassion. That God's trait of compassion obliged that this thing that He created should be like this, formed in this manner, etc. For mercy is the root of all creation. For everything was created in order to reveal His compassion, His mercy. So everything that was created has a root of mercy within it. For within God's mercy, He made the thing look like this, with that form, with that behavior, etc. And this is what it says. So that you should tell, and so that you should speak in the ears of your sons and grandsons. This is what Rashi says in Bereshit chapter 21 on the verse, 
Um, it says over there in chapter 21. Etc. over there. What does it say? This is the extent of the mercy of a father's compassion upon his son. This is the extent of a father's mercy upon his son. What is this idea? Father's mercy upon his son? It's a This idea. Because by the fact that it's after creation, but the fact that the world has already been created, there you're able to speak and to tell and to attain this contraction of God's mercy within every single thing. For within creation, we're able to talk. This is the extent of the Father's compassion. Meaning within this thing exists God's compassion, exists um, this compassion from Hashem. And within this other thing, there's another sort of Rachamanut. That which I have made a mockery of Egypt and of the Egyptians. This is the klipot which stem from the too much light from the breaking of the vessels. When it says in the verse, I made a mockery. What did Rashi say? I've made a joke. I made a joke and a mockery in the world. What's a joke and a mockery? It's a reference to the clipot, the evil forces. The evil forces stand opposite holiness like someone who's imitating and parroting and um, mimicking, joking around about his friend. For the evil forces are like a monkey which joke around and try to imitate a human being. As brother, look in the Zohar, Truma, Daf, Kuf, Mem, Chet, Amud, Bet. This is what it says in the verse, and my signs that I've placed among them. For there are letters, the concept of letters, which stem from too much light. Meaning there are letters over there within this epikosut. And these letters stem from too much light from the breaking of the vessels that the klipot were made from these excess letters. Therefore, they shall know that I am God. Because within that place you're able to recognize Hashem. Because within that place there's sparks of holiness and letters. Meaning, within the concept of schok, joke, the klipot, the first epikosut we're talking about here. Because this joke, this laughter, which the klipot are made, this concept of the klipot, that the klipot are made from this too much light, is the concept of the first apikosu that we talked about, which stems from too much light, because there you're able to recognize Hashem. Because upon this apikosu, it says, know what to answer to the apikosu, apikosu to the atheist, to the heretic. Meaning, there's an answer. Meaning, for the kiefshar, it's possible to find an answer. The letters, the sparks, to answer these questions, for they come from the breaking of the vessels, and from the breaking of the vessels is holiness. This is why it says Moshe came to Paro and it says the concept of I will bring 
locusts in your border, Hashem tells Moshe to say this. This is the concept of the world, to, the time to come. The future, for it says in Erovin, tomorrow you will receive reward. This is a reference to the world to come. Machar is a reference to the world to come. So now we're speaking about the second Epikosut, the concept of the world to come. And it also says in Bereshit, tomorrow my righteousness will bear witness for me. Tomorrow is a reference to the world to come. Meaning, tomorrow in the world to come, my righteousness will be an ed for me. For me. This is a reference I've seen in the world in the world to come. Then you will understand the vacated which is created through contraction. We will be able to understand the paradox of how the truth is that God is also in that place and nonetheless it is still vacated. This in itself is the reward. That what is the main reward of the world to come? That we will be able to understand things that were impossible to understand in this world. Then we will know that the concept of the vacated spaces is in the aspect of locusts. What's locusts? Like the grasshopper. Whose garment is part of itself. The garment of the grasshopper, 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 the outer layer, the shell, is part of the animal itself. All the books of Kabbalah, this is the secret of the Chalal Panui. So we see the Arbe, the locust, is the concept of Chalal Panui. Levush, garment, This represents the contraction of the Chalal Panui. That through this contraction came this garment. We will understand. That what? It's minerve. It's actually part of it. The grasshopper itself. That even within the chalal panui. Um, that even within this chalal panui, which acts as a garment for the world, that even within there a God exists. Nonetheless, it's still an aspect of levush. It's still an aspect of garment, an aspect of tzimtzum, contraction. Still the aspect of vacated space. And this is why it said in Bereshit, my, tomorrow my righteousness will bear witness for me. Tzidkati, my righteousness, Bechinat Levushin, this represents garments, Levushin, Bechinat Tzedek Labashi, it says in Eyov, I wore righteousness. So we see the righteousness reference to Tzedek. Uh, sorry, Lavashti, reference to Levushin, garments, that then in tomorrow, meaning the time to come, this will be the receiving of a reward. That what? The secret of the concept of the garment will be revealed to us. The secret of the secret of this contraction of the will be revealed to us. For then, in the time to come, the head of Amana, will, the mountains of Amana will be revealed to us. And it's in the verse, come and sing from the mountain of Amana. Meaning the melody, the supernal melody which stems from the, the head of all emunah. That emunah which stands above all the other ones. Through that emunah, that melody, we're able to nullify all the paradoxes, all the conundrums of this that stems from this vacated space. This is why it says, Behold, I will bring tomorrow. Take the first letters of Achen Ruach Ve'enosh. It's an acronym for the words Arbe. Sorry, Arbe is an acronym for this phrase. 
But it is the spirit in men. However, it is the spirit within man. was spirit, the negina, the melody, which represents spirit. As we know in many different lessons, lesson 54, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, I believe in lesson 54. Meaning what? But it is the spirit in man, meaning what? That then, at that time, the melody and the song of the head of Emunah will be revealed. And through this song, all epic or suit, all 80 of them will be even that of the vacated space. As we saw above, this is the end of the lesson. Very long, but mamasha lesson, which is beyond all description of words. It's very, very deep. We're speaking about things which stand at the summit of the world. It's thinking about Itzhaim, thinking about the creation of the world. But Rabban was t- speaking about to us, speaking to us in the practicality of what the creation of the world really means here, and how there's atheism exist that exists today in the world, and how to be saved from this. Atheism, whichever one it is, whether the first or the second. Bezrat Hashem will be saved from such heresies. Rely just on Emunah and, at- and attach yourself to this Tzaddik, Moshe Rabbeinu. To Rabbeinu himself, to these true Tzaddikim who stand at the summit of the world who are able to tap into that melody, which are able to nullify all these conundrums and bring, bring us to this understanding of the world to come. Bezrat Hashem.